Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Football today. We are set for a huge slate of week seven action. Top 10 teams in action all day today. Welcome to college football today. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci going to be with you for the next three hours, breaking down the top 25 battles, giving you our best bets for the day. It's cold, it's rainy. And it's football season, and we're going to see who the top 10 contenders are a little bit later today, Rich. Well, Joe, it's midseason of the 2018 season, and we're going to start to see the wheat separate from the chaff because now we get a chance to see the conference championships really develop, division championships develop. And Washington-Oregon is a game that I think a lot of folks don't realize, uh, especially for those of us in the East Coast, down South, Midwest. This is one of the most underrated hatred rivalries in the country. It's going to be a fantastic game at Outson Stadium. Yeah, one of my best bets of the day, the border war. So we'll see how that game plays out at 3.30 later today. But Gabe, a lot of action within Vegas once these lines opened up Sunday night. And we're seeing some line movement right now currently. I got to tell you, Joe, this is the most line movement we've seen in any week so far this year. Um, I've got to play meteorologist, I guess, today, guys. Uh, there's no other choice, and there's massive line movement. Great example, uh, Louisville and Boston College, guys, total was 61 and a half, uh, 62 earlier in the week, sitting at 57 right now. Uh, heavy rains in Boston, yet it's always tough to, to gauge weather. You have to trust. People always joke about weathermen. I think they have it tough, uh, but it's, just, it's tough to just trust. Well, because the Internet says it's raining right now. Unless somebody, I always love when somebody's at the, the stadium or in the city. So uh, we're going to count on you guys in the chat uh, around America, wherever you are, uh, to tell us what the weather's like currently right now, uh, where you are. Like, great example was the other night with the Giants and Eagles. Yeah. Um, oh, it's going to rain all night. It's going to rain all night. Um, people in the know knew it was going to stop raining before the game started. So all day there was a perception that there was going to be rain. So we we got to we got to check this. But yeah, you're right, Joe. Ton of live movement across the board. We'll keep you guys up to date. Yeah, and that's what one of the games is Ole Miss in Arkansas. A lot of wind and rain in that ball game as well. So can it affect Ole Miss and the passing attack? Wind is the key, guys. <clears throat> and a lot of people. Uh, but we'll see. Oh, it's raining. It's raining. It doesn't matter if it's raining. Uh, if it's not cold, it's not windy, etc. Look for the wind. I'm not so concerned. Like a good example is I like the over, guys. I like the over at 61 and a half in this Louisville-Boston college game. I'm not going to get scared off because it's raining right now. And in fact, we've seen, uh, you know this, Rich, some of the craziest and highest scoring games have been in horrible weather. Well, turnovers, uh, you have punt snaps that go in the Defenders opposite direction. So, down, you yeah. know, wide open players down the field, fumbles. It leads to craziness. Bad weather in a slick field actually is worse for a defensive back than it is for a wide receiver. Wide receiver knows where he's going. Exactly. Defensive back has no idea. So to your point, I think you could still see some high-scoring games despite bad weather. a long time ago, and you you guys are encyclopedias, but uh, Jackie (laughs) Sherrill was still the coach. Jackie Sherrill. Going back to, like, Mississippi State. And they played in, like, one of these bowl games. I think that was A&M in Mississippi State. Yes, it was, in the snow. And I think it was the Liberty Bowl. And I vividly remember the kids on Mississippi State – all said to a man, we've never seen snow in our lives. Never seen snow in our lives. And they showed him before the game, and they were all cold. They had, like, you know, these big, big jackets on. I think it was, like, 50 to 47. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just, like, up and down the field, up and down the field. Kids doing snow angels. They're like, this is great. Like you said, defenders falling down all over the place. You so, know, yeah, you can't overreact because of a slippery field. It could lead to points. You know who the running back was for Mississippi? You know what? I'm actually trying to. I'm you trying Desenzo, to. You guys are good. Desen- you said boom. It was Texas A&M. Desenzo Miller yeah. and Dante Walker for the Bulldogs. Yeah. Wow. Uh, he, Dante, Dante Walker, one of my favorite Bulldogs of all time. I remember Jackie Sherrill. They were playing the Longhorns when he was coaching Mississippi State. And he actually castrated. Yes, a bull. Yeah. 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 Imagine can, doing that now. Like, you'd be fine. No. 
Like the no. people of Peter, like it would be CNN, Brooke Baldwin. Oh yeah. my God, what's going on? <laughs> would that would that create a hashtag the Moo Two movement? If you can, oh, that's oh. that's but I, wow, that's <laughs> I got to tell you, Rich, that might be your best. It's only, one. That's only eight minutes into yeah, the show. That's, that's, that's very dry with his humor, right but he, he's, he's got the punchline down. I'll tell I you, mean, I had to throw that in there so you remember that. Yeah, and I remember people even at time they were like the players were freaked out. They're like, man, he castrated a calf in front of us. Like, he had Eric Molds on that team back in 94, oh, yeah. too, yep. back yeah. in the day. I, mean, I was that, actually that was at a... Eric Molds' day. You can't make this up. I didn't even know, and I'm a diehard Bills fan. I didn't even know, Joe, so I'm going to <laughs> – I had a buddy, may he rest in peace, Jooksy. Um, so I had a buddy, passed away, unfortunately, but we went to his uh, his estate. He had, like, a big, you know, farm and all this great stuff in Mississippi. So it was Mississippi State and LSU, and it was Eric Molds' day. Wow. So I'm, I go into the stadium, and I'm thinking, man, couple of Bills jerseys here. I'm like, go Bills. I'm in Mississippi. You're Starkville. And I'm so dumb and drunk. I didn't literally clue in. So I'm sitting there before the game. And I'm wondering, why are there some, like, so many Bill fans here? And they're like, we want to welcome Eric Molds. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Great, great you time. and I should go to the DeCenzo Miller day when they have it. <laughs> <laughs> DeCenzo Miller was number 12. Had a big way for Joe Lisi back day. In, back in the day, Dante time. Walker, I'm telling you. time. We'll see if uh, we'll see if the Bulldogs come through uh, next week. We'll do. They had a big win, big win over Auburn last Huge. week. So Yo, Nikki they had Fitz. to stop the bleeding. Nikki Fitz. They had to stop the bleeding, the... and they did it offensively and defensively. Yeah. Finally, got that uh, power running game. Yeah, going. we'll see if Auburn can back, b- bounce back against Tennessee. But let's turn our attention to the border war, marquee Pac-12 battle. It's Washington on the road in Eugene to face. Justin Herbert and Oregon coming off a bye week. Uh, Washington has won the last two games, picked up this victory last year in Seattle, 38-3. But Oregon's won three of the last five, Rich, by 17.3 points per game. But in my opinion, the best team in the Pac-12 is the Huskies. They're peaking at just the right time, battle-tested. This is my best bet of the day. I love Washington. Double-digit win in Eugene. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm going the other way. I I like Oregon. I I could see your point. I I think Washington is the best team in the Pac-12. Toughest defense, veteran quarterback. I've started to to call Jake Browning now the Ken Dorsey of the Pac-12. I mean, that's the kind of quarterback he is. Veteran, not a great arm, wins a lot of football games. But I think this could be Justin Herbert day in Eugene. I, I think this is the day where Herbert puts on a show against a dynamite Washington secondary and really elevates himself to being considered the top quarterback in next year's NFL draft. And I'll go beyond Herbert, Joe. What really impresses me about Oregon, the collapse against Stanford aside, I love the offensive line of the Ducks. I think people underestimate. They think finesse, they think speed only, and they have speed and finesse. But watch today that offensive line. I think this is the kind of line, Calvin Throckmorton, Shane Lemieux, Penny Sanul, who is a true freshman, this is the kind of offensive line that can neutralize that strong front of Washington. Yeah, it's, it should be interesting, Gabe. I mean, uh, as Rich mentioned, Oregon is averaging 216 rushing yards per game, passing for right in the area of about 280 with her. But the one impressive stat about both offenses, and when you look towards the, the total in this ballgame, Washington is converting 51% of their third downs. Oregon, 52%. That can make or break whether each team wins, which team wins this ballgame, and more importantly, if points are scored in this battle. This, this is a great uh, tilt, and uh, you know th- this is it for the Pac-12 uh, right now. I agree, uh, like I often do with Rich, talking about Herbert, and as far as him being potentially the top quarterback uh, taken, and let's not kid ourselves, guys. This is, uh, this is an audition today. Uh, you've got Drew Locke taking on Alabama. You don't think the NFL scouts are paying attention to this? And truth be told, the Oregon Ducks don't face a lot of elite defenses and NFL-caliber defenses. Washington are one of them. You know, the, the Huskies hang their hat on their defense. All eyes on Herbert here. To me, you know, I look at Washington, and we talk about line movement all week. This is a game that hasn't moved because yeah. no one knows what to do. <laughs> it's so tough. It's just sitting at three and a half. But I'll tell you what, guys, it's not often you're going to get points with the Ducks at home. You're getting points with the Ducks at home. Uh, and anytime I sort of flip-flop on a game, I probably shouldn't bet this game, but... As kickoff is approaching, you know what? I'm going to get a piece of the Oregon Ducks on their home field. Big game for Cristobal as well. You know, they 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 kept it within the room. They go with Cristobal. Cristobal is, is a good coach. He has head coaching experience, but it's a big difference uh, between coaching the FIU Panthers taking on the Owls uh, than there is winning a big-time football game like this. We know that Peterson can win games like this. 
Yeah, I'm leaning with the Ducks right now. We'll keep you up to date with the live movement. It's sitting at three and a half right now, and I'm looking at the home dog here, guys. Yeah. See, here's why I like Washington in this battle. You look at the, some of the teams that they've played, teams like Arizona State, Utah, BYU. They're a battle-tested team, and they played Auburn tough week one, lost that matchup. Those combined opponents are 13-13 overall. I look at Oregon, even though they're coming out of a bye week, the only team that they really played that with a decent record, in my opinion, is Cal. They lost the Stanford battle. They played San Jose State. Their 2018 opponents up until this point, 8-14 and 14 overall, 363 winning percentage. But it still comes down to the secondary for me. Again, they're going to force Justin Herbert to methodically work down the field. And if Gaskin gets running in this ballgame, he rushed for 247 last year in that battle. I think it could be a long day for, for Oregon in this matchup. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. I, I think, and, and Gabe brings up a great point, which is no line movement. Yeah. For me, this was a difficult game as well. Exactly. I mean, I, I sort of found myself waffling yeah. during the week. Well, I, let's be honest, I like Rich. Oregon. I don't love Oregon, but you I, and I have talked about this a lot in the past. As far as uh, Browning is concerned, yeah, has he stepped up in no. big games? Not so much. We have we have the home field. We have a better quarterback, and we're you know, we're talking about like you know, tens of millions of dollars at stake today. Yeah. Herbert's aware of this. This is a massive game for everybody, for the programs, for agents, for the NFL. It's just that big time of a Saturday. And, I, you know, I hate to be cliche, but if Oregon gets going early, guys, I wonder if the Husky offense is going to be able to keep up. Yeah, great Especially point. in that building. And, and, and for folks, you know, in Giants country, here in the New York area, looking oh, for Herbert, a quarterback. Herbert should be the guy. Yeah, Her- Herbert. You know, He's the Giants, over Giants, Lock, Giants I don't like Lock. and the Giants have sent scouts to this game. So to your point, Gabe, and, and to your point, Joe, huge game for Justin Herbert. If he's going to show out, not just with his arm, but right. with his legs as well, do it against this Washington defense, which is as good as advertised, particularly on the back end. Yeah, now they should have beaten Auburn, guys. I watched that game inside out. I was on Auburn. Right. We we're lucky to win. They were the better football team. Yeah. They were the better football team on that Saturday. They just couldn't in score in the red zone. That was but the issue the that they had. Once again, yeah. it's hard for me to want to lay points against a juggernaut like the Ducks right now. Yeah, that I just go with the. There's no margin of error for Washington. I mean, right now they are the creme de la creme of the Pac-12. They need this game as they good, could be as on the outside looking in. Again. Yeah, they, they can like be, the but they still have conference could without be. a doubt. But they and look at Auburn falling off after that loss to Miss State. So is it, it a two? Look is it good. a two-team SEC again? Is that going to be the new? Oh, we'll see. It depends on Notre Dame. Notre Dame's going to be a factor. Yeah. Notre yeah. Dame. You got Georgia still faces Auburn. They still face you know their arch rival Georgia Tech at the end of the year. A lot Florida. can happen. I think the Bulldogs get through unscathed. I know that's those, I know. those that's are your tough. boys. Those are yeah, your boys. They're, they're my boys this week but but they have a tough schedule. Auburn's not going to be easy. Georgia Tech's not going to be easy. Florida's not going to be easy. And this the game Gators, tonight, yeah, the cocktail you know, party. You know, we'll see well, how Pac, that game Pac-12 plays needs it Washington needs to win this yeah, game. Yeah, they need this uh, in a big and, way. Not to say Oregon can't run the table. I think it's less likely. Right. Uh, they need Washington to sort of be the yeah. bell cow of that conference. Yeah, and the way Washington State It ought to playing. be a very, very entertaining game. Yeah, it should game. be. It should yeah. be. It's interesting contrast in styles. Today. Washington wants to run the football. Oregon up-tempo yeah. to put the pressure on Browning. Browning's only thrown nine touchdowns five interceptions, and right around 1,500 yards, but hasn't really broken out with that marquee performance they've, like they've you mentioned. They've done enough. You know, basically, like you said, they get to 30. Hey, we're, we're up 31-7. They sort of have the comfort of knowing the other teams can't score. Well, they're also they've schizophrenic. They've really tested. Hey, you guys got to score a touchdown now. Only on the first Saturday. And, and first I, I don't year. think they have an identity. I mean, they blew out yeah, right. BYU right. and looked great. And then last week, you and I talked about yeah, it on the air. UCLA. We both said, watch out UCLA. And they <laughs> win by a touchdown. Now, well, Washington's hard to figure out. looking ahead? It's back-to-back road Possible. games. Back-to-back yeah. road games, which is always a problem, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're looking at an underdog. Back-to-back road games for Washington. But for me, it comes down to the physicality. I, I, I'm not sold on the total. I could see it going under. I could see Washington winning this ball game by 14 points, 42, 28 in that area. Maybe you get the over, but I, I still like Washington. Over. It's kind of a low like number, 57 and a half. But as you stated, it feels like it's a game that's in the mid 20s. Yeah. I, I don't Could picture be. it as a 35, 35. I'd be yeah. High scoring, I'd be at like 42, 35 in you that area. How Joe, often is Washington in a high scoring yeah. game? Can I the Ducks often. win the battle in the trenches and slow down the rushing attack? Because that, that's a big offensive line. The Washington Huskies are some big physical dudes on the old line, man. And that's going to be the matchup. We'll see. I mean, I, I again, Washington clearly my best bet of the day. Total not sure about, but I'm leaning with the Huskies in this battle. Turn our attention to that marquee battle in Death Valley between Georgia and LSU, both teams have met eight times over the last 20 years. Both teams have split 
four apiece. I mean, the last time that they did play was 2013. There's no data Georgia, to take really yeah, between Georgia these two won teams. this ball game with uh, Landry and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. 44 in 2013. Odell actually played on a team once that won a game. <laughs> yeah, then that was a great battle. Zach Mettenberger tore it up against Aaron Murray, but the Bulldogs did get the three point Zach win. Zach Mettenberger. Here's the matchup, guys. I'm leaning to Georgia here. I like the Bulldogs. I mean, a balanced offense, rushing for 240 on the ground, passing for 245 through the air. But LSU last week, they wore down at the point of attack 215 rushing yards allowed to Florida. They come back. It's an early start for LSU. They play much better at night than they do in the afternoon. I'm leaning to Georgia to win this ballgame by 10 to 13 points, Rich. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I would feel better about LSU. I like LSU mainly because, you know, it's not often you're going to get the Tigers getting north of a touchdown against someone other than Alabama. Now, I love this Georgia team. You talk about the offensive balance. When you watch these Bulldogs on tape, no one, no one, even Alabama, wraps up better in space defensively. So I think they've been underrated defensively, only giving up 170 yards a game through the air. What is LSU's mindset? Tough emotional loss against Florida last week, but at home, getting more than a touchdown. I, I think they keep it close, but but I think Georgia stays perfect. Yeah, quickly, Gabe, I mean, we're going to break, but I mean, total-wise, how do you see this game playing out? We'll come back to it after Jamie Heath comes uh, on next segment. You know, it's funny, actually, because I, you would think, you know what, Smash Mouth game sort of feels like an under, doesn't it? Um, these guys are over machines uh, when they play each other. Look at you know the Florida game. There's turnovers. You know you get these. You know, the, the, there's so much speed and talent on the field. I'm leaning with the over. Yeah, we'll come back to this game after Jamie Heath joins us in next break. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci live from Studio 34. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back on College Football Today, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci live from Studio 34, breaking down all the top 25 action. Later today, we're joined by Sports Brokers Vice President Jamie Heath. He's been on absolute fire, hitting game after game. Jamie, how are you today? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you guys doing today? Uh, Doing well. It's cold. It's rainy. I'm sipping my pumpkin spice coffee. (laughs) And we got three marquee games on tap, Jamie. I mean, it doesn't get better than this if you're a college football fan. Absolutely not. We got the three. We got the three top games we're going to go over right now. And I can't wait to talk about all three of these games. They're uh, all of them are great matchups without a doubt. Jamie, before we do that and get into your analysis of the top three games, you're turning uh, outcomes into incomes. Nothing better. I mean, you've just been on absolute fire. Tell fans uh, the package that you have on store for today. Absolutely, Joe. Last week uh, on on your show, I... uh we was talking about those three games last week. Happened to go three and zero as well. Uh, total of five and one. If we count the totals as well, last week I did have that package where I was offering two games free. If uh, if not, we were. I, I should say we were offering the two games. If we didn't win, you'd get the whole season free. Well, we happen to win today. We're giving another package out. I have two games that are underdogs that we feel are going to win outright today. We absolutely love them. Now we're going to give out these two games. Again, if these two underdogs do not cover the spread, if not, they're probably going to win as well. But if they don't cover the spread today, we're going to give the rest of the college football season as well as the college bowl season absolutely free to all our callers. We want you to call 1-800-220-6262. Join our website. Visit our website, thesportsbrokers.com. Like you said, Joe, we turn outcomes into incomes. Phenomenal information. Let's jump right into that Pac-12 battle, Jamie. Washington on the road 
in Eugene. I mean, it really is separation Saturday for both of these teams looking to make a college football playoff appearance. How do you see this game playing out? Well, I'll tell you, Joe, the, the, uh, the Washington Huskies obviously started out the season on a sour note by losing to Auburn. Uh, so everyone pretty much wiped them uh, away from the uh, national championship picture and the playoff picture, rightly so. They've rebounded, obviously, since then. They've won five straight games. But if you look at their schedule since, uh, since they won that Auburn game, they really haven't beaten really anybody that great, anybody up to the, uh, the caliber of an Oregon team, as well as the Oregon's got a, a, a phenomenal offense. Uh, they average over 500 yards a game. You're talking about a contrasting style. Washington loves to run the football with Gaskin. They play a smash-mouth type of defense. They got a, a, a senior quarterback in Browning. But I'm leaning towards the Oregon Ducks in this game, getting the four points. I know they've lost the last two games to, to Washington in this series. This is a heated rivalry, a humongous game for both teams. If you noticed a couple weeks back, Oregon had Stanford by they, – they had them crushed. I don't know. They let that game slip away. I think they're going to have a learning experience, a learning experience from that particular game. I like Oregon not only to cover this game, but at, actually win outright against Washington today. I'm on Oregon. I think this game's actually going to be around the number. The total is around 57. That's around where I think the game's going to land. So I'm not really crazy about the total, but give me four points with the home dogs. Jamie, let's turn our attention to the uh, Big Ten, the uh, critical matchup between Wisconsin and Michigan. Enormous game for Jim Harbaugh. Nobody expecting too much from Wisconsin. We've seen a lot of line movement uh, go in the direction of the Michigan Wolverines. How do you see that matchup this evening? You know, you know, it's funny, Rich. Wisconsin never seems to ever get any credit. They just win games ugly when they do win their games. Uh, Michigan, on the other hand, seems like they're always overhyped, over, overrated, especially since Jim Harbaugh took over this program. Uh, you could go back to week one with Michigan. When they played Notre Dame, they were a favorite in, in, in that game for the life of me. I couldn't understand it. That, that was a big, big play for me back in week one with Notre Dame. This particular game is going to be very cold, supposedly in the, in the low 30s. Uh, I look for an ugly type of game where defense should, should rule on both sides of the field. You know, you're talking about Wisconsin who lost ugly to, to BYU. They've wrote, wrote the shit back, but in an ugly uh, fashion. It was a lackluster performance. They did get the win against Iowa. They had a bye, so they had pretty much two weeks to get ready for this Michigan game. Yes, they're playing in the big house. I'm going to give you a couple of stats, and I'm not a stat guy, but Wisconsin has won eight straight road games in the Big Ten. Their last loss actually was in 2016 to Michigan. They lost 14-7. to But if you look at their games, they're always right there. I, I mean, I, I think this is a no-brainer for me. I know the, the lines actually moved Michigan from 6.5 to 10. I'm on Wisconsin getting the 10, and I'm also on the under. I love the under in this game, under 49. I, 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 like, I don't know how I can't possibly take Wisconsin and under in this spot. I was really surprised, Jamie. What's up? Um, it's Moretzi, and... You know, I, I'm a diehard uh, Michigan hey, Wolverine fan. And, you know, laying big points has never really been their role over the years. But Harbaugh is, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder now. So he's been running up the score on inferior opponents. But I had to do a double and triple and quadruple take as far as this point spread is concerned. Guys, you know um, when the last time Michigan beat Wisconsin uh, by more than seven points? 2006. You know, this, we're, we're talking about a Big Ten rivalry you know, between two defensive smash-mouth football teams. You know, Wisconsin's going to look to run the football. Michigan's great against the run. I think Michigan's going to find a way to win the game, but I'm in no hurry to be laying 10 points in this spot. And then we, we compound the fact that uh, Jim Harbaugh, you know, he's 2-8. and eight at ten, The last 10 games against uh, top 15-ranked opponents, 2-8 and eight against the spread, guys. The last time they, they beat the team. lost in a row of those. Yeah. The last time they beat a team that was in the top 15 happened to actually be Wisconsin, uh, I believe it was in 2016. So, you know, Harbaugh with those, those daunting numbers, and you don't really have to be a trend guy, but there's just there's a lot of, um, seems like there's a lot more on the Badger side of the scale here, Joe, than there is Michigan. But Michigan have played good football, and that loss to Notre Dame 
Starts to look better and better and better every week, doesn't it? It does. And I think when you break this game down, obviously, whichever team could force a turnover, Jamie, and, and strike first to put the pressure on each opposing quarterback, whether it be Shea Patterson or Alex Hornerberg. Yeah, Michigan has the better quarterback. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, in that, my that's, opinion, yeah. I agree as well. It's going to be a very intriguing battle. I mean, you mentioned the weather, and we've seen that across the landscape of college football today, not only in Michigan, but in games like Penn State and Michigan State, a team, a Another game is Ole Miss in Arkansas. I mean, how do you see the weather playing out across uh, the Just landscape for the record, Joe, weather's fine in Ann Arbor. Um, it's, it's cold, though. It's it, cold. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, it's a little chilly. It's a little chilly. But You're used to that in, uh, in Madison. It's 41 in degrees. Arbor. Come on, yeah, Joe. It's balmy. It's balmy. It's like Buffalo weather. I know you're Mr. South Beach and stuff with the suits <laughs> nope. and everything. It's 41. It's cold. It's 41 degrees. Football weather. It is. It's I, Wisconsin, Michigan. What do you want? I agree. I agree. But uh, again. Is this at the cocktail party, Joe, in Florida and Georgia? Well, yeah, that's true. Southeastern Conference. Hey, but- if if this game was in eighty five degree weather, I'd still like the under between these two teams. For some reason, they 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 always play tough, low scoring battles. I don't know what it is. I know Michigan, like you said, with Shea Patterson's actually come alive. Their offense is starting to take shape. But again, you're talking about a Wisconsin Badger team that's going to run the football with Jonathan Taylor behind that offensive line, which plays into Michigan's uh, defensive line, rightly so. But I just see, like you like you guys were stating, a turnover here, a turnover there could obviously uh, change the outcome of this game, but I still you, – you, I, I got to take 10 points in this game. Well, I, let's, You're going to give me 10 with Wisconsin. I got to take it. Let's turn our attention to that big battle in the SEC. It's in Death Valley, Georgia, and LSU. I mean, it doesn't get better from a physicality perspective outside uh, LSU and Alabama, Georgia and Alabama. I mean, t- two of the top three teams from a physicality perspective within the conference. Georgia is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite as we speak I mean, this is a very intriguing battle with LSU coming off a, a road loss to Florida last week. Absolutely, it is, Joe. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because this, this matchup, it's an SEC matchup between, obviously, the East and the West. These two teams haven't played each other in five, five years. It's been uh, 2013 since the last time they played each other. Now, uh, Georgia looks like a phenomenal team on both sides of the football. Fromm looks excellent. The running back... Uh, Offhand, I can't think of his name. Looks really, really good as well. They're well, they've got like thirteen alive. great running backs. That's why it's like pick, you know, pick, oh, pick, pick which one. You know, Frogs absolutely. never lost a road game before in his career. No, he a hasn't. True road and game. George, ever since Kirby Smart's taken over this program, he is doing a phenomenal job. The recruiting. Whoever they seem to bring in, because it looks like they've replaced every linebacker that they lost last year. They haven't missed a beat yet yet this year, but. I'm turning towards a little LSU on this game. They're home. I know it's a day game. I, I heard you guys earlier saying it would be better at night. I agree with you. If this game was at night, I would love LSU in this spot. This is my least favorite game out of the three, but I'm leaning towards LSU. There's a couple of stats also I want to bring up. Uh, one, t- one stats, after, after a, a game against Florida with LSU, LSU is 9-1 and one against, against teams straight up. And they're ten and one at home when they're facing SEs foes. Now this is not your average SEs foe with uh, Georgia, but if you're going to give me seven and a half at home in that environment in Baton Rouge, I have to take LSU plus seven and a half. Again, it's not a really strong play, but I like it, and I think this game's actually going to go over the forty-nine. I see a lot of offense in this game on both sides of the field, uh, so I'm a slight lean towards the home dog here, and and we're pushing towards the over. Jamie, any more dogs? I'm going to call you the kennel today. You got all three uh, dogs. You're all dogs. On, huh? that, that's that's exactly. The I'm dogs a, I'm, will I'm be barking the, today. Hey, absolutely, and that's and that's why my uh, my little offer today has to do with two underdogs that we feel are going to win outright. That we absolutely love. Why don't you give that number? Love. Give that give that number because I think our audience could use a little scratch a couple months before the holidays. Uh, tell them how you could uh, turn those outcomes absolutely. into incomes, Jamie. You got it, Rich. We were all over Florida State last week. They should have won the game outright against Miami. This week, again, we're on two dogs that we feel are going to not only cover but win the game. So, yes, anybody out there that wants to keep betting on the favorites, think again. Give us a call, 1-800-220-6262, or visit our website, thesportsbrokers.com. Join our website. We turn outcomes into incomes, and we're going to turn outcomes into incomes today in a big way. Jamie, uh, 
I, you know, how much stock do you put into the the letdown in college football? I'm thinking about Notre Dame, big primetime win over Virginia Tech, Texas, just an epic classic win over Oklahoma, uh, Miami escapes Florida State. When when you think about these types of games, picking these games, how much stock do you put into the letdown? You know something, Rich? It's an excellent question you just brought up. And I'll tell you something. Certain teams, obviously, there is a letdown factor. In the case of Miami today against Virginia, there very well could be a letdown because they just played their, their in-state rival. They, they were getting destroyed. They were down 27-7 in that game, and they came back to win. So I'm sure they, there was party, party in South Beach big time last week. So now they're going into Charlottesville, Virginia, to play the uh, Cavaliers who – I think their last game against NC State, they didn't look too impressive. So, you know, in the case of a situation like them, there can be a letdown. In the case of a team like Notre Dame, I'm not so sure there is a letdown. Yes, they went into Blacksburg, looked amazing in that game. But you know something? They're not, they're not a conference. Uh, they're not in any conference. They're an independent squad. So pretty much they have to win and win convincingly pretty much throughout the rest of the season to impress the, uh, the voters and the computer. So they make the playoffs. I, I see them going undefeated. I do not see this team uh, losing a game. They're going to be favored pretty much the rest of their, their, uh, their games. And I don't see a letdown against Pittsburgh, quite frankly, today. What do you guys think? I'm on the over in this football game, and I don't know what I'm missing here with this total. You look at Notre Dame's offense uh, since Ian Book has took over, absolutely explosive. And, guys, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but this Dexter Williams kid can run. And it, this is... They've got, like, NFL-caliber talent on this Notre Dame team. This is what Kelly does. Um, he's always, you know, he has a couple of underachieves for a couple of years. He sort of gets on the hot seat, and then he'll throw a, a, an 11-1 season or he'll go to the national uh, title game uh, up on the what, board. He's also, got, he's, he's also got a Tim Brown-type receiver, too, and he's yep. wearing the same number as Tim Brown. That, yeah, they've that got skill. Looks, yeah, Miles Boykin. They, I, I, listen, I agree yeah, with oh, yeah. you, Jamie. I don't think and there's Pitt's any letdown. anybody. There's no, and not no. only are they not stopping anybody, their top run defender, Quinton Wargainis, out. out for the season. So, yeah. yeah. I, 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 they're, in big tr- they're, in, they're in big trouble today. ND can smell that perfect season that you mentioned, Jamie. I think they can see the path to a playoff. I don't think there's any letdown against a bad pitch. As a Michigan today. fan, that's what I'm looking for. You need I'm that. I'm looking for Notre yeah. Dame to run the table and for Michigan to run the table and boom, we're both in. Good. Well, Michigan... Well, I don't know. Yeah, good, good luck to the Michigan Wolverines yeah, running well, the table. Well, starts today. Not I only I, that, though, I, Jamie. I, <laughs> Michigan faces Wisconsin, then Michigan State, then Penn State. So that'll, that'll, still, that'll dictate the, the, the game with Ohio, Ohio State, State is the key. I hope they right. and, and they still got to go to Ohio and they still got to go to Ohio State. That's the one that'll do them in. Maybe. Oh yeah, that always know. does them in. <laughs> well, look, they um they go to East Lansing next week. The Penn State game's yeah, in Ann Arbor. Well, Michigan State obviously looks down this year. They uh they've really looked pretty pathetic. But you uh, throw the lost. record out when it's Michigan Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, I agree one th- I agree with you 1,000% on that. You're absolutely right. And it's going to be another one of those ugly-type games. But I do like right. Notre Dame. Back to Notre Dame. We're just stating it. I do Michigan too. Not, doesn't look so bad anymore, that loss. And they, they were actually well, – they nearly came back and, and tied the game late. Notre, but. Notre, Notre, uh, Notre Dame might be the best team in college football other than Alabama. They really, they, they really look amazing. I mean, I'm impressed with that team as well. I think you guys I'd put right. it If I was a they, voter, uh, I'd, they're in the playoffs now. Like – to me, yeah, they're a top four team in the country. They still yeah. have to play USC, but I mean, schedule wise, one of the top schedules in, in hey, the listen, country. Listen, they're they're playing better than Clemson. Yeah, I think they look like a. I, I know, I know, it's saying a mouthful. They, they are offense and defense. They look like a more complete team than the to Clemson go into Tigers Blacksburg, right now. And that game was seventeen to sixteen at half, and then to run away with that game in the second half shows how strong good teams win on the road. Good teams win on the road and are able to pull away. Yeah, good no. teams win, great teams yeah. cover, as they say <laughs> well, in Las that's Vegas. True, too. That, yes, yes. So Jamie B. That's before, what Notre, Notre, Notre Dame's been doing that too. They've been covering, so the, they've been winning and they've been covering. So yeah, I'm not getting in front of Notre Dame. Now. I jumped on the Virginia Tech. I'm not, I'm not doing it, <laughs> even though deep down inside I'm thinking eh, Pitt can hang around maybe. But ultimately, I just bet the over. I already bet it. Uh, my ticket's already in. There's no turning back. Jamie, before we let yeah. you go, tell fans where they could call and get this special package uh, for today's action. Yes, you got it, Joe. Uh, again, we're going 2-0. Oh. We're taking two road teams today, something we uh, do from time to time. I want you all to call this number, 1-800-220-6262, or visit our website, thesportsbrokers.com. Join our website. We turn outcomes into, into incomes, and 
Today, we are definitely turning outcomes into incomes. We want you to call that number again, 1-800-220-6262. Jamie, always a pleasure. We'll see you next week with with your picks and selections. Knock them dead today. Hey, you guys too. Good luck to everyone out there, and let's crush today. Great insight and information. Yep. I, I, love, I love when he gets into it in terms of the numbers as well because there are some trends that you can follow. I like multiple uh, opinions on yeah, games. Yeah, I, it's I, good. I, yeah. It's good to see exactly it's like, who it's everyone's It's like a courtroom. You start to formulate your own opinion. I, I'm yeah, not you afraid hear, yeah. to yeah. Yeah, hear yeah, I want to hear opinions. a fresh perspective, right? They always say if uh, you're the smartest guy in the room, find another room. You got it. <laughs> I want to <laughs> give a shout-out to everyone in the chat. We'll, on the other side, we'll start taking some questions. But, uh, man, we got a lot of guys in California and the West Coast, man. It's like 730 yeah. in the morning yeah. there. You guys rock. Thanks when for tuning in. When we come back, we'll be talking Georgia and LSU. Keep it where it is. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. and rolling into week number seven right here on College Football Today. Joe Lisi, Ritz, Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci breaking down all the top 25 action. Just heard from Jamie Heath from Sports Brokers. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple Lineups ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up. And choose your matchups using the Props and Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. We talked about the SEC battle, Georgia-LSU. I like Georgia here. Too much balance. They're plus six in turnover margin. More importantly, guys, I think they're the fresher team at this point in the season. They really, to me, haven't played anybody. We know that. Got a quality win over Vanderbilt. On the road, I think Jake Fromm steps up. I see Georgia winning this ballgame. I'm going to say 28-14 over LSU. Yeah, and that win over Vandy was important last week. We talked about it on the air that Georgia was sort of, I don't know, kind of like sleepwalking through the the schedule. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. and and I kind of expect that with teams now. I mean, I'm surprised. I mean, Alabama's not covering, but at this point, Alabama's waiting for bigger matchups. 56 points per game they're putting up. I know, but they're still not covering. That game was a tough. That game was. I've talked about this for a couple of years, guys, and I brought it up a couple of weeks ago with you. The SEC isn't what it used to be as far as their final scores. I swear, I remember the SEC. Or their defenses, yeah. 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 The SEC totals, over-unders, used to pretty much mirror NFL. 40s. It was the closest. Like, you'd actually have 45s, 47s, and you still sort of do. I always talk about perception and reality. How many points a game? And you guys already probably know this, but, you know, for, for people watching and listening at home right now, how many points a game does LSU average? 33. It's a pretty good call. Yeah, they average 31.3. I bet you the common guy in, in a sports bar is 22. They suck. 17 yeah. points. Their yeah. offense can't move the ball. Yeah. You know how many? They average 36.8 points a game at home. Oh, you know, we, we, we're, we're talking about a Georgia Bulldog team that puts up 42.8 points per game. And we, and we sort of, ah, Georgia really hasn't gotten it going this year, guys. Scored 42 points a game. <laughs> I think, right? I think and, that you know, shows what Kirby Smart road, has they're done. they're scoring 42 as well. That's really impressive, Rich and Joe. You see a lot of teams, there'll be a discrepancy. Well, at home, they, they put up another 14 points per game. That's how good Georgia is on the road. 
42. They gave up 23. We got a total of under 50 here. I can't bet the under here. That's why I was stating earlier. You just can't bet an under. SEC's a higher score conference now. I don't have a feel on the on the total here. I just think it's going to be a smash mouth style, but I just think Georgia wears them down. I, again, I think it could be a seven-point game all the way. Fourth quarter, Holyfield or Swift get in, and it's 14. Yeah, I'm going to lean towards taking LSU. Rare opportunity to get, I don't know what the number is now, seven, seven and a half, somewhere yeah, in that neighborhood. Seven I'll take those points in Baton Rouge, but Joe, you bring up a great point. I mean, LSU has played some really tough, physical, emotionally draining games. What's their mindset like yeah. after yeah. Florida last week? Gabe, give us a pick. I mean, who do you like in this game? Other than the I'm, over. I'm going to go with Georgia. I'll go Georgia okay. in the over. And I've been riding LSU. I got Burton week one against Miami, but I was It was impressed. a tough game last week, though. And Burrow. LSU up 19-14. Burrow has done yeah. enough, guys. Burrow's done enough so far. But I think the limitations are starting to show a little bit. And, and Georgia are a step up from, from Florida even. And quite frankly, I'm not intimidated. I don't think Georgia's really intimidated by this whole Death Valley thing. And you brought it up. It's the afternoon. It's not as nearly as intimidating. Georgia's just a better football team. I think they wear them out. They don't blow them away, but I think they, they win by 10 points. Yeah, we'll 10, see. I mean, it's points. a 3.30 kick. you got to watch it front and center stage. That and Washington, Oregon. Which is kind of unique that Washington, Oregon are early as well. Yeah. That's an early, yeah. very early yeah. start there. That's an early kick for Oregon, but they wanted it for TV purposes. Those kids so are just going to party all night. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> good, ex- good exposure. No Pac-12 after yeah. dark with I'm Washington, sure, I'm Oregon. I'm sure Chris Peterson is going to complain. Why are we playing it? Like, hey, coach, is there a time of the day that you don't complain about uh, uh, playing at? Remember, he didn't like playing all the late games. So they, they put him on, like, at dinner time. he complains. Like, he's never happy mm. uh, this, this day. He never complained when he was on Boise State, though, because he was ma- he was upsetting everybody. He didn't yeah. care what time he was yeah, on. he was now, just torching that, everybody. N- yeah, now now the bullseye's on their back, so now he yeah. wants to. He's, get, I'm he's getting the ducks. on the- I'm liking the ducks as yeah. the game approaches. Right, we're bucking heads, so we're going to have to stay away we're, from each we other. we got some but- questions about some games in here as well that we'll get to uh, momentarily. All right, let's talk about um, Michigan State, Penn State, then we'll get to the questions. This is a, a classic battle. Michigan State's won. Won three of the last four over Penn State. Yeah, by they upset them last points. year. It's a yeah, big, big spot. Here's a stat about Penn State, too. 16-1 and at home since 2016, and they've won those 16 games by 25.2 points per game. But I'm back in Michigan State here. I think they bounce back. They're still the number one ranked rushing defense in college football giving up 33 rushing yards per game. And, and more importantly, I think Trace McSorley, guys, 92% of the offensive production for Penn State. If they can contain Trace McSorley, I think they'll be in this ballgame from start to a finish. A couple of things. I, they're not going to contain Trace McSorley because that secondary is a mess. It's, it's a 305 I mean, yards yeah, per game. Yeah, Michigan State struggling. So I, I think it's a big day for Trace McSorley, but I think Joe's going to be right in this game. I think he's going to get a W. I think anybody who bets Michigan State's going to get a W, and I'll tell you why. This is a perfect spot for the Spartans and Mark D'Antonio. I, I, I don't like Michigan State this year. They've underachieved. Lewerke, LJ Scott... Anything other than the the run defense has been below average based on my expectations. But tell Mark D'Antonio, give him a week to coach kids and have him tell you you're going at the Happy Valley and you're a two touchdown underdog. This is perfect for Michigan State. Just when we just when we expect Michigan State to lay an egg, bad performance against against Northwestern last week. This is an ideal Mark D'Antonio spot. So I I don't think Michigan State pulls the upset. But I like them getting two touchdowns. Well, here's what I like as much as Michigan State. You mentioned 305 passing yards allowed by that Michigan State uh, defense. They're averaging 266 yards through the air with Lewerke. Now, he's only thrown six touchdowns, six interceptions. But Felton Davis stepped up last week against Northwestern, and they passed for over 320 yards in that battle. I love the over here. It opened at 58 down to 53. I, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this matchup. I agree with a lot of what both of you are saying, specifically Rich here, as far as this is a, this is a dangerous, tricky spot. And this is, this is why Las Vegas keeps on expanding and the strip doesn't get smaller because people will say, man, I saw Michigan State on TV last week. They couldn't even beat Northwestern. Yeah, they're going to get killed now. And people often just fall for a trap of what they saw last week. You know, it's funny because if, if Michigan State would have won that game last week and rolled, then Penn State would be in a good spot right now. Yeah. But you're right. D'Antonio's got to be in a bad mood. But I don't know. You could be in a bad mood. I'm in a bad mood a lot, too. And it doesn't mean <laughs> I'm always successful. <laughs> right? So, um, he can be in a bad mood all he wants. As you mentioned, they, they're, they're limited in this football team. And big concern for Michigan State, they, they lose games in the fourth quarter. They've been getting outscored in the fourth quarter. They've been getting dominated as games go on late. 
this isn't the same Sparty team. There's problems I'm sure that we don't know about. There's a lot of controversy coming into the year around, you know, the university as a whole. They just they don't seem to be you know, on track. And quite frankly, they're, who are they playing next week? Michigan. Michigan. I don't yeah. know if they can look ahead to those. Uh, they may not have that luxury yeah. at this point. Know, After losing the Northwestern, can and, you look you know, ahead? I'm saying Michigan's dealing right now with – I, you know, I think Michigan, Michigan's dealing with potentially going to the playoffs still. We, we can still win the Big Ten. Michigan State's floundering right now. I think when it's all said and done, they'll get up for the game next week. But th- I think this is a lost season for Sparty. Well, here's the thing. I'll just say this. Before. I'm not laying the points with yeah. any lines. I have Penn State in a money line parlay. Right. Well, Michigan State lost to Arizona State. They lost to Northwestern. They faced uh, Penn State. They faced Michigan. They faced Ohio State. They win three of those games. They could, be, they could still be in the title hunt. For a Big Ten championship, if they knock all three of those, who's teams. this? Oh, Michigan State. Oh yeah, but that's I'm just, that's I'm, going I'm way about, out I'm there. I'm talking about being yeah. focused for this matchup. Yeah, in, in I, terms I, of I'm sure at, I'm sure it's a one game at a yeah, time approach right. for Michigan State based on how they've yeah. played recently. So let's get to some questions. But I noticed that you never agree with me. I don't I don't know. I think, take that a little crazy. I want to be right. Uh, <laughs> what do you got? I sometimes agree with you. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes very much. Oh, I can I can say the same thing that you never agree with me. <laughs> true, true. That's true. What do we have? Any? I any guess thing? yeah. We look at games different. It's true though. I noticed me and Rich seem to be yes. against you like yes. a lot. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. like, 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 I've actually <laughs> noticed the same thing. <laughs> what do we? I don't know what that means. Right? Well, so, I don't know. I'll take it. You were against me with uh, Auburn and uh, Miss State. I was, I was okay. I was screaming uh, Nikki Fitz last week. All right. So uh, James Ross, our boy, asking us about Oklahoma State and Kansas State. That's an intriguing battle because both teams to me are reeling. I mean, Oklahoma State, once uh, Jalen McCleskey left that program, you you started to get the, the sense that internally there might be something wrong with Mike Gundy and that crew. I don't like the way Oklahoma State's playing offensively, yeah. but I still think they match up very well against uh, Kansas State. I don't like Kansas State. They came... They cover that number 37-34, but it's a speed team. They're allowing 245 passing yards per game. I still like Oak State here, Rich. Well, I... You know, I, I can't tough. figure this game it's out. Tough. Alex Barnes, a back I really like. 250 I mean, 250 last week. last week, albeit against Baylor. Kansas State, their offensive line has underachieved. Dalton Reisner and that group has underachieved all season long, but actually showed up last week. I, I don't know. Both of these teams don't have an identity. The one thing I'll say uh, for James and anybody looking at this game is, you know, the one way you beat Oklahoma State is over the top. Yeah. I mean, look at Brock Purdy. Kid never played until last week from Iowa State, and he absolutely shredded them. Kansas State doesn't have yeah. that type of an offense. So if you're going to beat Oklahoma State, it's typically over the top. That's not Kansas State's M.O., so that could yeah. play into the Cowboys' hands. They got this win 45-40 last year because Skylar Thompson ran all over Oklahoma State early on. They're allowing K-State close to 50% on third-down conversions. I mean, you cannot win games the way they play if you can't stop opposing offenses and force three and outs. So, again, I know the numbers stack up with K-State as a home dog, but I don't suggest playing this game, but I like Oklahoma State. I like the speed of the of It's the really Cowboys. hard to trust either football it team. It really is. You know, you just – this isn't the old – you know, this isn't uh, K-State where old Snyder getting points on, on the home field. You have to take it. And Oklahoma State are kind of a flaky team, for lack of a better word. They both are. Yeah, exactly. So for betting purposes, it's tough, but I would lean with Oklahoma State just because I know I think K State are running out of gas. Yeah, they're, oh, they don't have a conference win at this point. I mean, they lose this game, they could be reeling, and they'll be two and five, and they'll, they'll be on the. I outside think this is it. I think this I is Snyder's last year. Yeah. I picked them at five and seven. I picked them at five. I agree. I agree. It's and almost I, like Eli Manning in a sense that thank you, sir, for for what you've done for our program. No, your son's not going to be the coach yet. It's over. Like they're, they I brought this up before. Have, yeah, there are certain coaches that, that have step. stayed too long, and it has hurt the program. I think that happened in Happy Valley. It happened in Tallahassee. There are like certain how about, coaches. How about that, a K-State of Manhattan if they had a young guy like Matt Campbell? Yeah, right? Matt, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, Iowa he, State, he, wouldn't he wouldn't go. He wouldn't go, go to that no, job. No, I'm not saying he's yeah. going there, but I'm just stating – Iowa State realized, all right, we got to get young. You know, we, yeah, the, the difficulty for Kansas State is they tried it before with Ron Prince. Yeah, when Prince left Virginia, work. it didn't work yeah. out. It's a very difficult place How to hell win. Do you recruit there. Yeah, I mean, I. Well, he I had Josh Freeman, remember? He was supposed to be the, uh, yes, the quarterback of uh, Tampa Bay. The name the I've day. brought up is, is Brent Venables only because he's close with he's Snyder. He's getting too I don't know if he does. Yeah, I don't know I'm if he does. Sti- 
How about this guy? He just got fired by Oklahoma's defensive coordinator, Mike Stoops. Stoops. Oh, why would you do that? I'm just saying. I mean, because is Bob Stoops taking that job? Of course not. No, I know who. No, he would never take that job. You're taking job. You're taking an an FCS coach, or you're taking a hot offensive or defensive coordinator. In my opinion, you're not taking a current head coach. No. I don't know. Unless it's a current head coach from from the Sun Belt or the MAC, that's a possibility. All right, what else do we got uh, here? Duke and Georgia Tech. Oh, that's that's my best bet of the day. Don't show it. Yes, I I love this game. All over Duke. I got to tell you, every capper that I talk to this week, Duke, 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 Duke. Duke. Georgia Tech is getting overplayed because of the 66 points against Louisville, number one. Number two, Duke is coming off a bye. And number three, David Cutcliffe has owned Triple the triple option, option. Hey, except uh, except this, uh, two, uh, last year when they lost to uh, Army that one game. But was, seven and yeah, one yeah. against the spread, so David you like, Cutcliffe. You like, you like I Duke? love Duke coming off the bye. Like Listen, too, Joe. No. Because because <laughs> why do you always disagree with Rich? No, no, it's not that I I don't really have a, an opinion on the game. I don't like it. I mean, it's it's a tough game. game. It really is. But yeah. if, I'm going, number, if you know. I'm going, I think we have gotten off Duke a little too fast yeah. because they listen. They absolutely laid an egg against Virginia yes. Tech, and I had mentioned it. That Saturday, Daniel Jones coming back too soon. I don't think benefited him from the collarbone injury. Now that he's had two weeks to rest to sort of recoup that defense with Joe Giles Harris and Ben Humphreys at yeah. linebacker. They do a great job against Triple. I'm just not sold yeah. on Paul Johnson I just in think Taquan Marshall, they got it going. They're averaging 373 rushing yards per game. Again, I, I, it's not Army. It's not the, the Naval Academies. Right. It's a conference. They opponent. did it against Louisville and yeah. Bowling Green no, I recently. I agree with that. So, Listen, yeah. I don't, it wouldn't shock me if Duke dominates. Yeah, I don't yeah. have a good feel. I, I would you. take the points in this ball game just because of the way the triple option got going on the road in Louisville, but not a strong feel. What about here's another game we're being asked about uh, Navy and Temple. Yeah, I like Temple here. So do I. It's not I, the same I, Naval Academy, but not. you want to be laying the points like yeah, this? Yeah, I have no problem with it. I just think from a physicality perspective, the way you stop the triple option is you need big physical defense alignment that could disrupt timing of the of the zone blocking, and that's what Temple has. They're playing much better. Well, they especially defensively. Boston. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and stepped up against physical teams. Boston College are getting solid quarterback play out of Russo. New tiles still there. And the speed How about the backs? Goal. How about yeah. the backs? Armstead has, has been running well. well. And, and listen, defensively, if you're watching Temple Navy, watch the Temple defense. Because if you're an NFL fan, there are a couple of kids. Quincy Roche is one up front. Rock Yassin. Lead off the edge. In, in, the, in the defensive right. backfield. You have next-level players on that Temple defense again, which has been the case since Al Golden was had success. You want to talk about having success against a program and sort of a system that people have problems with, but uh, Temple have actually uh, beaten Navy yeah. rather comfortably the last two times. Well, 34-26 uh, last year, 34-10 the year before, so yeah. recent data to take. They seem to match up well with this option attack. Yeah, with P.J. Walker and Jahad like Thomas said, two years ago, they won the right? AAC. They've got good linebackers. Yep. They're a good defensive team. They're a well-coached defensive team. They know their assignments. Always. So they and do you know well what? against this. I, you think about identities of programs. Wisconsin, they run the ball, physical, offensive lines. The identity of Temple now is Temple tough. Yeah. That's what it's become at Temple, whether it's Al Golden, whether it's Steve Adazio, whether it's now with Jeff Where Collins. Where is Al Golden now? Uh, Al Golden. How about, Golden's how about home, K State? Please. Get him a nice blue. No, line. Get him no, a nice dude, Al Golden, two thousand and one. Horrible. He is an assistant yes, coach. He's no throughout. coach. At two thousand and one, on the road against Wisconsin, they're eight and a half point underdogs. They're down by nine after scoring a touchdown. Right? They have to go. Excuse me. They're down by ten after scoring a touchdown. They go have for to two. Go for, right? right? He right. kicks the. He kicks the X. He kicks the extra point. Look it up. Virginia with Antoine Womack on the road in Madison. They lost by nine to Wisconsin as eight and a half point under. Joe obviously had UVA on. I was actually working for ABC Sports at the time, and we were all looking at him going, what are you thinking now? Al well, Golden, at, at, at Red Bank Catholic, they must not teach math, I guess. I don't know. Is that where he's from? Red Bank Catholic. Wow. Yep. Al Golden, huh? Unbelievable. The you, pride of RBC. You like Temple in this matchup? No, I'm going to stay away. It All would right. be, I don't, I, I can't lay points like okay. that on the road. Uh, we're getting asked about some other games, but we'll hit them on the other yeah. side of the break. Sounds good. When we come back, we'll be talking about Tennessee and Auburn. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, and Gabe Marenzi, live from Studio 34.